are a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Well, g'day everybody. My name's Tom and Matt's on the other side of the podcast here. You're listening to episode 10 of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. G'day, Matt. How are you going? I am not too shabby. Just got out of the bath with a G&T, so can't complain, you know. That is unbelievable. People, we're recording this at 9 o'clock in the morning, so just to let you know, it's uh, Matt jumps on it pretty early, apparently. Well, actually, the worst but... part is I actually slept in there last night. So, <laughs> so he's, he's hopped out like a prune. <laughs> he's going to need about three litres of water in order to be hydrated again. I thought that just worked by osmosis. I just lie in the bath and just absorb, but maybe and, not. And then, the, and then there was no bath water left in the bath by the time he hopped out. That's it. I was just like one giant square sponge. Well, the fact that he was, the fact that he filled the bath with that gin and tonic before he jumped in is probably the reason why there was nothing left by the time he jumped out. <laughs> How's things but, going? Uh, I believe you're not. Oh, I believe you are somewhere special today. I'm special. <laughs> I am very special. It might be sounding a bit echoey. That's because I um, I just got jack of working from home. And I am still within my 5K radius. Uh, I think just don't uh, don't bring out the tape measure. But you're in, but, you're uh, in the bathroom, is that? <laughs> I'm in the bathroom now. This is it. I had to go down three corridors to get here. And it took me forever. I was just like ready to call the butler to give me a lift on the little, uh, you know, electronic go-kart to, to take me uh, to the bath. To the No, I'm not in the bath. I'm at the gallery today here in Main Street, Mornington. Um, Changed over some artwork, uh, put a beautiful new piece in the window that had uh, arrived uh, just after COVID struck. So it's nice to unwrap those. I haven't, I've got another five to unwrap and I haven't even looked at them yet, but they're all beautiful um, canvases, 150 by 120 centimetres, roughly. A uh, shadow box frame around them, as we always do with our canvases. Uh, a couple of them are shot with my uh, drone, the DJI Mavic Pro 2. Oh, I just got a so quote on one of those today. Oh, yeah, you're going to get one? Well, you sort of convinced me to rethink about, about this it. the other day, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't got it yet, and I'm getting, getting a quote just because I like, you know, there's no point in sort of discussing it until you sort of know what you're up for. So I'm, I'm thinking about it again. Right, right. Yeah, look, um, I love it. Uh, it's not something that I would necessarily planned on shooting a hell of a lot of stills with. I love the video component more than anything. I love that mixture of movement and, uh, and obviously uh, sound that you can put with the video. But... Uh, it looks looks fantastic. It's a beautiful piece from just down the road here at uh, the Mornington Harbour, taken back in summertime. Lots of yachts and all the rest of it. But uh, yeah, it's a preview to the new book I've got coming out, which will go to print this week on the Mornington Peninsula. The summer edition is called, which is uh, I think I've talked about it before. It's got a hundred photographs in it, all taken over a four week period between Christmas and sort of Australia Day last year or this year. And, uh, and so 50% of that is drone and another 50% is with light planes and choppers and stuff like that. So uh, that'll be hopefully here in the gallery uh, once we can open up again and uh, before Christmas so that people can rush in and grab their Christmas presents. Nice. But it's really nice to come back in. Yeah, it's, uh, it feels a bit like home and, uh, and I do enjoy working from this space. And, uh, and yeah, so it'd be just nice to open the doors again and have some people through and have that interaction with people and have them buy stuff come and buy stuff that's what we need yeah what about you maddie crummins i'm having my first day off in like 
two months, which is very exciting. Wowzers, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so I'm just, uh, I've been hanging out with Isla this morning and with Laura, I had a bath. Um, and to be honest, my plan, actually, I did have to work on some beef op stuff this morning, um, but <laughs> Does it never end? not enough that I would Jeez. sort of say it was work, work. So, um, yeah, so I'm just chilling out, to be honest. I'm gonna take, I reckon I'm going to take a few days off and just kind of kick my feet up. Yeah, yeah, you need to. Otherwise, you get a bit stale, I find. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like everybody, regardless of what profession you're in, you can't be on all the time, can you? No, that said, though, I did, I don't know if we spoke about this last week or not, because I get, I just, all my days. Oh, <laughs> they all blur into one. But yeah, I, you can't remember who they had, who you had that conversation with. No, but I actually got pretty excited the other day. Like, I, I doing my, putting my presentation together, together for wildlife. So, I don't normally do a presentation on wildlife. I've not got one that's pre-prepared or, or anything for camera clubs and stuff. Um. You know, I've got other topics, but that's not one that kind of has. I don't know why. Just never done it. But going through my shots to pull this presentation together, I was like, you know what? Actually, like I sort of remotivated myself to pick the camera up. And now that we're allowed to go outside and and take photos, we actually have some lovely wildlife in our area um, with birds and stuff. So I've sort of been a bit motivated maybe this week to pull out my gear and um and do do a bit of shooting. So. That's pretty exciting because I haven't, outside of like corporate gigs and stuff, um, I haven't really done any fun shooting almost this whole year, which has been pretty, uh, yeah, I guess you kind of disconnect from it if you, if you leave it for too long. You do, you do. And I think that um, as a pro photographer, you've got those gigs that obviously pay the bills, but then you've got to, sometimes they're not the same ones as the ones you choose to do if you weren't getting paid for them. Sometimes. So, <laughs> Like all the time, so you got you got to have that enjoyment factor. You got to have that indulgence mm. where you go out, and shoot just for you, and you shoot whatever you want to shoot, and there's no expectation as to what you get. So at the end of the day, you can just enjoy it for what it is, because that's why we all got into it in the first place, surely. Well, that's just it. We certainly didn't do it for the money. <laughs> no, no, we told that. Did I really tell that joke last time? I, I was chatting with somebody else. No, I think yeah. I don't know whether we told it on air, but certainly you are. We 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 mentioned, or well, you mentioned it to me last last week, but I don't know if it was on air or not. Oh, well, say it again. Say it again. How do you become a, a, a millionaire photographer? You start with two million dollars. So um, that's how you make a million dollars in photography. You start with two. So. Um, yeah, it's a tough gig, particularly this time of year. I mean, look at all the people that have uh, had, look at the wedding photographers who have been decimated by the fact that people have had to postpone weddings and portrait photographers who can't photograph families either outside or inside necessarily, things like that. Well, even, so, even landscape photographers and, and, you know, all the genres, like if you do like underwater photographers, anyone, any type, like it all sort of fits under a bit of a recreation banner. Like, you know, it's a bit hard to... And I haven't checked this, but um, but from what I read, uh, even if it's your work to produce landscape photographs, um, mm. you, that you, you're not technically allowed to go and actually carry out that work. I think because it looks too similar to someone having fun, and heaven forbid you're allowed to have fun. <laughs> God forbid we'd have fun. <laughs> I tell you what, I could do. Oh, I, I remember, well, when this lockdown was announced back in July, my son Ollie and I were down at Wilson's Promontory camping during the school holidays, and this was. Um, his foray, foray, this is his first time down to the prom, which I've spent many years down there and love it. And so I was really excited for him and he was loving it. And then, of course, we got to stay on a few more days because we'd already pre-booked that accommodation, even though lockdown happened in the middle. And we, we were just sort of like thinking, how good would it have been if we had um, 
known beforehand or had an inkling or what have you and been able to book three months worth of accommodation um, knowing that we could have stayed there for this whole time and, uh, and just being able to get down to the promenade now and just walk for a few days or a week uh, and, and just relax and sit on a beach with no one else around would be quite nice at the moment, that's oh, for sure. Gosh, I'd love that. Absolutely love yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I think we're all needing to get out and about and, um, and do something for ourselves uh, and have that freedom and flexibility to do that given that uh, it's been how many weeks now? God knows how many, probably eight, nine, ten weeks. Like Isn't it funny how much, like it, the, on, on the first lockdown, we actually had like a tally on our fridge. It was like carving like you know, numbers into the wall of how many days. And now I'm like, I don't know, it might have been five weeks. It might have been 12. I, <laughs> was there a time before this? I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's strange speaking to people who are interstate, isn't it? Like we've had a few people f- call us and say, oh, how are you going and feeling for you and all the rest of it, just sort of check in. And I'm like, so what are you guys allowed to do? And they're like, oh, no, it's just, you know, business as usual. And we're like, oh, so you're allowed to like go to a cafe and you're allowed to go to the shops and you're allowed to just go out wherever you want. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just don't, oh, don't lick God. a stranger and you're fine. That's amazing. Yeah, my brother's my brother's in Europe. He lives in um, Holland with his wife, and um, yes. and they're in Switzerland at the moment in at Saint Moritz, just hanging out in the mountains, um, at, at doing right. some running. And uh, and obviously Europe's getting a bit worse than what it was. And I sort of said to him the other day on the phone, I said, "Look, over here we're getting all these reports that like Europe's in for like the next major lockdown thing. Your, your second wave's hitting. It's going crazy." And he goes, "Oh, that's not news." He said, "That's been happening for about two months." I said, oh, "Okay, well, like, what does that mean?" And he goes, "Oh, well." In Holland, um, you can no longer stay out in bars beyond midnight. They've changed it from 3 a.m. to midnight, um, oh, just, just, you know, to make sure yeah, they restrict all that movement. Um, so wow. it's a bit crazy. Uh, and you know what? But look, the, the end is near by the look of it, and that's pretty exciting. Yes, it sure is. Yeah. So what? They haven't gone through the second wave. And, no, they, uh, they, they are. They're going through it now, but there's just, they're, they're basically just different, different set of priorities, I guess, um, yeah. for whatever reason. I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure there's more to it than what I, I would ever understand. But but they've sort of, I think it was that uh, across Europe, I guess, being so close to all these other countries, um, you sort of need to embrace and learn to live alongside and keep living your life. Whereas in Australia, I think, we've, you know, we've taken the approach, I guess, that it is maybe possible to crush this down to a point where it doesn't have that impact. So, you know, if all the other states are doing it. Um, I guess Victoria's sort of obligated to because if we're the only one that's that's rife with it, well, we're not going to be able to go anywhere in a hurry. So a no. bit, of, bit of pain now, a bit of, bit of gain in the future. But um, but this yeah, I have something like ten or fifteen thousand cases a day in France, for example. Oh yeah, it's mental, absolutely mental. And like we got right. we got like fourteen, and we're like, oh gosh, better don't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. But this is kind of like our topic today. Um, does, oh yes, oh, we're going to talk about something. Despite the fact that we, you, you know, this was announced to me about I don't know five seconds ago when I was in the bar. Oh, an hour. Uh, it is kind of relevant. I don't think that we. Need, I think we should try and skip this topic, or skip COVID in this topic, because this year has been obviously a whole different set of challenges um and yeah. i don't think they're really all that relevant because you know i'd like to think that we're on the other side of um you know those challenges and hopefully things will only be getting sort of better from here but i the, the question was posed on the group and it was along the lines of you know as a professional photographer what are the highs and lows like what does that look like um and and again i guess pre-covid because COVID, I think, has affected everyone. It's easy, you know. We could all we'd all have the same complaints, that, you know, about what we can and can't do and stuff. But, sure. but generally, I think that it's a good question because photographers, I think, um, 
you know, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, I want to be a professional photographer. I want to give up my day job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But maybe not fully understanding the reality of what does that look like? They see the Instagram version because by very nature, we produce lovely looking things, but not always, uh, we don't always attach the, the, uh, the, the, the horror stories behind it. And equally, you probably don't, you know, they don't see the, the best parts either because they're the parts where we didn't even pull the camera up to our face because we were like, holy crap, that's oh, amazing. That's a, that's a very Sir Walter, uh, you know, Walter Mitty type um, reference there. I'm, you know what I'm talking about, don't I you? I don't, but I'm pretty deep and philosophical. <laughs> My God, you haven't seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I've, I, I, With Ben Stiller I, in it? I, I've seen the ads for it. Oh, God. It came out about <laughs> five, ten years ago. Yeah, I remember seeing them all at the movies. Like, But there was all different know. posters of him in different right. places, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He, he has this. Uh, he has these sort of like daydreams where he goes off and, um, and he goes on all these wild adventures. But the, the honest the truth is that he's working for a, a major magazine in, in the States called Life Magazine. And he's their digital asset manager, right? So he looks after all of the megs that come in. This is back in the film days. And um, and it's being wound up. So they're bringing these young guys in to sort of wind up the, the magazine, make everyone redundant. Um, not being wound up. There's been cost cuttings and stuff like that. Actually, they are. They're, 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 they're winding the whole thing up. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I'll, I'll give out a massive spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, uh, just to tune out for the next minute or so. There's a scene there where um, Sean Penn, being the adventure photographer, is looking to photograph a snow leopard. Massive spoiler alert, by the way, so tune out if you don't want to hear. And finally, Ben Stiller, who's been chasing him all over the world, finally catches up with him. And he's like, oh, my God, what are you doing here type thing. And then all of a sudden, the snow leopard walks into the frame and Ben Stiller says to Sean Penn, are you going to take a shot? And he goes... No, sometimes I just like to be in the moment, hey. observe the animal and just be present and all the rest of it. And then the snow leopard works out of the frame. So he's like, missed the shot, right? And um, that's, you know, steep. And I've had so many people talk about that that scenario. But I find myself doing that as well. Uh, we've had times, say, at Karajini, where we've um, done a brilliant day shoot and we've watched the sun or the moon sorry come up over the mountain ranges shortly after sunset and it's been this massive beautiful glowing full moon and everybody's scrambling around trying to get photos and they're like oh mine's underexposed mine's overexposed all the rest of it i leave them for about five minutes before i just say you know what you're probably better to just sit back and relax and enjoy this one because i've found through experience that none of my photographs ever do this moment justice that, that whole, you know, photographing a full moon is nice, but um, it's just one part of the overall element or the overall experience that you have. You're out in this exotic place, the, the warmth, uh, the broad breeze across your body, um, the stillness in the air or, or the stillness, of the, the, the lack of noise, for example. Um, you're out there with friends or newfound friends that you've just met on the workshop. You're having this amazing holiday experience where you get to indulge in your photography. And you're trying to capture that in the moment of a full moon rising over the landscape, which is going to look crap anyway because you can't be close enough or it's not bright enough or it's too dark or all the rest of it. So often I just encourage them just to just to put the cameras away by that stage. Hey, guys, you've had a great day. Put the cameras away. Um, just enjoy this moment because it won't last forever and you're probably better to remember this through your own experience rather than trying to um, 
get it in a photograph, it's not going to work anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, sorry, I am. I was just, I was just closing my eyes and feeling that warm breeze <laughs> caressing. Did I, do that? Did I do that quite well? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although the weird part about that is because you just sort of didn't mention across your face or anything like that. You said across your body. All I'm picturing is just you. Like, I was naked. Kind of going, I was naked. Why is he not wearing any clothes? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's where I just stripped off at that point and going, I like to feel the breeze across my whole body, guys. Just ignore me for a minute. <laughs> look the other way while I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did we get onto this? Well, we were talking first... about the highs and lows and the fact that maybe we don't capture oh, right. the highs as well. But I guess we're talking, are we talking sort of about the, the experiences or I guess is this about like, I don't want to say like advice for people who are thinking about taking up photography as a profession but i guess what's the reality of a photographer's you know what what do you love about it and what are the parts about it where you go you know what this is the part that i wouldn't write about on instagram because it's a bit crap yeah 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 okay i can answer that um yeah there's sort of high level as well as you know the, the intricate details um the high level stuff for me is the fact that you know for 20 odd years or so i've had the opportunity to do something i love so you know, almost every day wake me up and knowing that I don't have to, well, I'm going off to a job. Let's stick to positives. I'm going to a job that I enjoy. It gives me a sense of purpose. Um, I find it a challenge, etc. Working for myself most of, for most of that too. So that's what I really enjoy. Obviously the travel aspect of it through my running my workshops across the world and here in Australia and the people that you meet, etc. Um, the, the downside for me, probably more than anything else, is the fact that it's, it's a grind. It can be a grind to, to constantly have to find that work. So um, you, you, end up, opposed, you're a bit of a, you end up being a bit of a hustler, don't you? All the time. You know, like it's like for me, it's like every day you have to go into battle to make sure that you can obviously have enough uh, – you know, money coming in the door in order to sustain that career that you've chosen in the first place. So, um, you know, probably I'm not doing that as well as I'd like. You know, maybe I need to um, employ people who are better at marketing and advertising than I am so that we can have some sort of turnkey operation or, or um, some sort of system in place that, that allows those clients to come flooding in the door. I mean, um, that would be ideal. But a lot of the time for photographers, business is not something that comes naturally to them and therefore they've got to work hard at it. And you can't necessarily, you don't necessarily have the money in order to be able to hire somebody to do that for you. So it's left up to you to sort of figure out yourself. And um, some photographers do that extremely well and others don't. And uh, most of us, I think, you know, the 80-20 principle means that 80% uh, every day have to you know, work hard at their business in order to be able to continue to be a professional photographer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, I mean, that's probably the same for a lot of sole traders out there in terms of the hustle. I guess with photography, I find that the difference as well is that photography is a pretty broad thing. Like, um, so like if you compare it against someone who might own like a landscaping business or something, you kind of, as a landscaping person, you, you do landscaping. <laughs> and so it's pretty easy to focus down on what the product is that you offer. Whereas yeah. I think a photographer these days needs to be a bit of a multitasker in a lot of ways. Not to say that you're going to jump all over the place doing lots of different things, although some of us do. Um, but it does mean that you end up putting a lot of irons in a lot of fires and it takes a lot of energy to keep up with what you've done, what you've put in place. Yeah. And then 
knowing what to nurture and what to ditch. And sometimes I think that the hard thing as a photographer in a business is actually saying no to some things to make sure you don't spread yourself too thin. Yeah, it's that's a big that's a big um, blinding flash of the obvious that happened for me. You know, when when I was extensively researching this topic for today uh, and thinking of individual examples, I can remember a time where I was pretty much saying yes to everything in order to just make a dollar. And I said yes to um, a friend of a friend who was starting up a, a sort of cocktail by design, you know, door to door delivery cocktail thing. Um, you know, cocktail parties, they'd rock up in the van and they'd, they'd mix the cocktails for you and stuff like that. And he asked me to do some shoots of some of the cocktails they'd come up with. And so I'm in his house and his mates in his in kitchen there making up the cocktails and I'm having to shoot it against this sort of makeshift, um, you know, white background. And it was just, I just had no idea how to light it properly and I didn't have the right gear and didn't have a clue really what I was doing. And it took forever for me to Photoshop the files in order to make them look half decent. And I just remember thinking, oh, I'm not going to say yes to every single project anymore. Yeah. Um, which is a lesson that you learn the hard way when you're starting out in probably any type of business, let alone photography, where um, you want to be good at something perhaps, but you're not, you know. And, and you, that one moment that you compromise is the moment that it, it, um, it comes and slaps you in the face and says, no, nah, you shouldn't have said yes to that. Uh, and I, we used to have some very stringent, um, boundaries too. When we ran my portrait studio called Ella and Friends Photography, I, I ran that for 11 years, photographing kids, families, dogs, things like that, where we, we had scenarios where we'd say, we're not going to photograph, you know, uh, people, in, we're not going to photograph families anymore, we just want to do dogs or, or um, you know, other, other scenarios that I can't specifically think of now. But whenever we went outside of that criteria of the, of the, of the stuff that we did very well, it always came to bite us in the bum. Yeah. Always said, yep, yep, we did it. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to work out. And guess what? It hasn't worked out. And even, so, even when it does work out, sometimes you just look back and you go, you know what? It worked out. That was fine. But it probably wasn't worth it. And it probably com- I could have done something else that would have been way more productive. Yes. As well. like you've got to be quite choosy as a photographer, I think, as to um, what you want to do versus what actually makes sense to do. And making sometimes it's easy as a sole trader you know you do panic a bit and go oh you know what i'll just say yes to this project because i don't know what else i'm going to do next week and then you've kind of realized that something else that was actually right up your alley that you should have been doing yeah. comes up and yep. you've already booked yourself with something <laughs> that was totally stupid why is yeah. that i'm doing cupcake photography you know when yeah. i like doing animals or something <laughs> yeah no you're quite right and and in more and more I, i'm quite a prolific reader of, of business books and marketing books and self-help books and the more I read of those, the more I see this common message coming up about saying no. Yeah, hundred percent. They, they're always talking about having to say no because, uh, particularly as you build a business, there will be more demands placed upon you, and and that's even more reason to say no because your time just becomes um, so much more valuable to you, uh, less you get less of it because of the, the busyness of the business, which is a good thing but then having to say no to people. So, for example, to give you a very specific example, next year I'm going to say no to um, speaking at camera clubs yeah. and doing camera club judging. Um, I've done it for many, many, many years, and whilst I do enjoy it, um, it's just a time that I can't afford to give any longer. And so um, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to say no, and whilst I hate doing that because I feel like I, 
I feel like it's good for my brand in order to be able to uh, get my name out there, but also too, I think uh, I feel like I'm giving back to the community and giving back to photography that's given me so much. Yet, um, yet by the same token, there's there's things where that cuts into family time, uh, you know, relaxing time, creative time. A lot of my Absolutely. time that is free time is creative time for me. You know, if I, one of the best projects I ever came up with in business came when I was doing a paddle out on the bay one morning. You know, I remember specifically the actual day and what time it was and the sun was out and where I was. And I, I thought of this concept about photographing dogs um, rather than families and it put together a business that probably generated, um, you know, several million dollars for us and, and several hundred clients uh, later and, and sustained our business for another four or five years um, when it probably was, was going to, you know, slow down and, and perhaps disappear altogether. So um, I need that time back for me and, uh, and hopefully people who listen to the podcast will understand the need to have your time to yourself, especially as a creative, yeah. to think of, of new ideas. Um, Saturdays and Sundays for me, for example, are not days that I generally like to sit in front of the computer. I just need that time away from the screen. But in doing so, I might be outside just relaxing in the sun or I might be um, reading a book or doing some exercise and that's when I come up with more creative creative ideas for my you know my business I think that's a really interesting one because that sort of plays into another like I'll say and I don't want to sound like we're bitching and moaning about the industry as well or what we do because we certainly I don't think we are we, we really enjoy what we both enjoy what we do um, but I think um, if I was to look at one of the, the, the unseen downsides of um, or, or maybe the unseen lows of being a photographer um, I think that people underestimate how much solitary confinement we do when it comes to um, processing images and delivering for our clients. You know, I think that, um, you know, I'll never forget having the first chats to wedding photographers, like when I first sort of started out and going like, wow, that must be amazing. You know, you're banking it, you're charging $5,000 for a wedding. It's, you know, you're only there for six hours or something. (laughs) And like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, they good good photographers get paid well also because they're incredible creatives but but i think it's easy to forget how intrusive um the the back end of that job is you know like even if i look at mine i've done i did a shoot just before lockdown it was one of those ones where i was sort of taking up you know i'll say you know any shooting opportunity in that few weeks that we had sort of with freedom and um, it was a shoot that I probably shouldn't have been on because it's not a topic that I particularly enjoy. Um, it's also just not really up my alley. And to be honest, I just didn't have the time to put to it as well um, that I would like to have. I've obviously delivered what I needed to and delivered well for them, I think. But um, what's not seen is that, you know, we were there shooting for probably six hours. Um, but since then, the amount of backwards and forwardsing to do changes and things, especially for commercial shoots where um, you actually got a product on the line, it's not about oh, that photo looks pretty. It's like, does it fit the brief? Does it actually suit what we need? Oh, it's going on a website. Now we need a different crop. Oh, actually, that one's too big. It needs to get pushed down in size. It's like the, the dance that you end up doing after you do a shoot um, can actually be very intrusive. So, you know, you talk about that family time aspect and I'm starting to feel that a little bit now when, you know, whilst I walk away from a job and people go, oh, cool, how many jobs did you do this week? And you go, oh, I might've done three or four, you know, shoots or workshops or whatever the time between is actually very jam-packed with the back end, let alone just running a business in general. And so um, as much as you'll only ever see, um, you know, this is to the listeners, you'll you'll only ever see the actual photographs being produced on a site. um, 
and you go, wow, that's amazing. I would love to have done that experience. It was an awesome experience, but do know that it comes with baggage as well. It doesn't just come with, I rocked up, took pictures. Here they are. Great. Go me. I'm going to go and have a gin and tonic in the bath again. Yeah, yeah. The grass, the grass is always greener, and that's not to say that people shouldn't chase that dream. Oh, 100% of wanting not. To be a professional photographer, if that's the burning desire, but that's that's what that's uh, one of the things that I always say to you know young people or anyone who approaches me and says, "Oh, do you mind if I pick your brains about being a professional photographer? You seem to be doing it well. What's your what's your uh, you know advice you can give me?" And I just say, <laughs> "Well, don't do it." Million dollars. Two million dollars, and you might end up with one. Um, no, I just say, you know, don't do it unless you, it's absolutely something that you have to do. Yeah. You know, like it's, you, you can't think of doing anything else in life but, but being a professional photographer. If it's something that you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'd like to dabble in it, well, just dabble in it. But don't give up your day job in order to be doing that because um, it requires, generally speaking, if you want to make a goal of it, it's going to require a lot of time and effort and it's going to be some, you know, ups and downs and um, it's it's – can be a job just like anything else. Oh, 100%. You know? And that's Where such an important one to, to realise. It's always, I think any job is always going to be a job at some point. Yep. There's going to be highs and lows. Yeah. There's going to be things that you think, yeah, I wish I didn't have to sit down and edit this, this bloody wedding, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I've already spent too much time on it or it didn't go so well for me or I didn't enjoy, you know, the bride and groom after all or, or anything like that, you know, all those things that can go wrong that you don't think about when you're looking at it, at, you know, somebody else's work and going, oh, my God, I'd love to photograph weddings. That would just be the coolest gig in the world, wouldn't it? Absolutely. It can be, absolutely. Yeah. 100% it can be, but um, do it because it's a burning desire to go and do it. Oh, yeah, because you know? you'll, be su- you'll be successful if you really have that, that, if you go into it with that attitude as well, you will actually, you will win. Even if you weren't the best photographer, you'll be the people, people that, that you'll get hired because people, they'll, they'll feed off your energy Whereas yeah. I think if you go into it and you're a stunning photographer, but you're a bit of a dick who's not that motivated, um, you won't get the job because people don't want to hang out with you. And it's as much a social job when you're doing the shoot component. I think selling yourself in mm. any industry, yes. it's uh, your personality makes up probably 50% of the decision as to whether or not someone's going to hire you. Your actual skill is, you know, most people can do what to a, to, to a degree without, you know, trashing on what we do for a living. Most people can probably do what we do in yeah. terms of, take the actual shot but can they make sure they get it under the right circumstances when things don't go right is this someone you want to be with you know (laughs) yeah that's right and just remember too though that um the general public out there can't generally gauge a a good photograph from a great photograph or a great photograph from an exceptional photograph so um even though you might think you're a better photographer than somebody else um that's not necessarily going to win you the gig all the time. Yeah. As you've just said, you know, it can come down to personality. It can come down to the fact that you picked up the phone when somebody else didn't. Yeah, totally. You know? Or you didn't get your uh, quote back. You got your quote back 10 minutes later than the last time. person. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. Um, you know, <laughs> speed is of the essence these days. Um, I, popped, uh, I popped up. We were doing a clean out at home yesterday, doing a bit of gardening and all the rest of it. Mary did a great job. And and she gets to get rid of that rabbit hutch because we don't have the rabbit anymore, right? So it's been sitting there for months, just doing nothing. So the I literally just the hutch. The hutch. The <laughs> we the rabbit anymore. It wasn't doing anything, so we just turned the it into not, That's right. Um, within ten minutes of putting it on Facebook Marketplace, I had I had two inquiries, and within half an hour, I had eight. Yeah, and right. I gave it to obviously the person who said yes first because it's first in best dress, right? But just, I can't believe how fast 
these things go these days. And it's the same with photography. If you're the one who gets quote back in time, I, I rang a guy the other day, I was asked to give a quote for a, a local business here, about six large format prints in the Mornington Peninsula that he wanted up on his walls. And I made sure that I got back within 24 hours, the quote. Now he hasn't gone ahead with that just yet due to COVID, but I just wanted him to know that I was keen to get the job and that there was my quote sitting in front of him. So, no, I judge doing business with people based on how quickly they respond. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm looking at um, hiring a, another professional landscape workshop guide overseas, I will totally judge whether or not I'm going to do business with that person on how quickly they respond to my Facebook message or my email, for example. Mm. If they take days and days or weeks to get back to me, I'm like, well, you're pretty busy probably, justifiably, but by the same token, um, you know, is this going to work well for us in the future? Is this going to be something? Are you a good operator or are you disorganised? Is that showing me the fact that you're not very well organised? Or are they really good and really busy because everyone wants them so they don't have any time? Which yeah, might actually work against you in the future as well, you know? It could work for or against. So I totally get, you know, there's certain criteria that I have. So, so I, have, I have another one that I wanted to add around the – this is, this is actually not a negative around um, the photography thing. But this is – it's kind of relevant because I think it's, it's a negative – it's like a positive disguise. It's a positive negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So – it's a double negative, which makes it a positive. Yeah. So I actually think this one's a little outside the box, but what I've noticed since I've been doing photography, you know, full time um, on my own. So not so much maybe, or maybe it was actually when I did it for like other companies, but I've noticed that um, because it's sort of, sort of industry that if you get the right opportunities, you get to do super, super cool things. So it comes with all that other baggage we're talking about, but you do get to do incredible things. Um, whether that be travel opportunities um, for, you know, running trips and stuff or whether it's travel opportunities for commercial clients or for tourism clients. Um, but because you get to do so much cool stuff, I feel like sometimes um, you start to mix business and pleasure too much or not mix, sort of separate out or confuse or... So what I'm trying to say you is... You always like, mix business with pleasure, Matt. yeah. Well, Dirty dog. I'm thinking more like as an example, right? So, um, so we we go we've been to Indonesia a few times. We got we picked up a gig with the uh, tourism guys there, which was pretty cool. Um, and so, having gone there like a couple of times and shot for them, you know, we at one point we were asked to do another shoot, and we were like, yeah, cool, that sounds really good. But because we've sort of done it a few times, and you know, with quite busy and got other opportunities and stuff like that, my mind immediately sort of went to, well, hold on if we're going to be away for 11 days this time, you know, oh gosh, well then we've got to charge for this, this, and it's got to cover this, this. And like almost it sort of, it warps that sense of, wow, that's an actual really, a really great opportunity. So like I would, if that was offered to me as like, hey, here, Matt, here's a free holiday, which essentially on those sorts of trips, it almost is a free holiday because you are yep. just there to photograph, kind of get escorted around and do what you want to do. And then you sort of do the edits when you get home. But that's what I do on a holiday. Um, I feel like... Uh, when you're a photographer, if you get if you're doing these things frequently enough, um, you kind of lose not lose appreciation for things or places, but I don't know what a better word for it is. Like, I think you can almost become a bit complacent. Yeah, or, that's maybe the right word. Yeah, I, I hear what you you're saying. You kind of look at it and go like, rather than going, "Hey, I just almost won a holiday for like two weeks going through the jungle." 
you kind of go, oh, well, actually, that's business now. So I can't be excited. Well, not can't be excited about it, but I have to sort of justify it rather than go, hey, actually, that's yeah. just a wicked opportunity. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between doing something for business and obviously doing it for pleasure regardless of where you're going. Yeah. And if you're going to somewhere exotic and you're having to be – I got a gig where I, I was staying on a remote island in the weird Sundays where – uh, you can only get to it by a helicopter or a boat, and luckily we got there by a helicopter. And uh, it, you know, exclusive resort, you know, maximum of like twenty guests, uh, you know, professional chef, uh, drinks on tap, all the rest of it. And yet, I was there to photograph the whole resort for this um, mm. this client. You know, so whilst it sounds amazing, it's not because you're always saying, right, okay, what am I going to go and do now? Yeah, in order to be able to capture the best photographs, because I'm not here for a holiday. I'm actually here to work. And even when you do get to the work part and you're like, it still can be very enjoyable, but you probably wouldn't go into that job going, oh, it's going to be fun, so I'd discount it because I'll factor my fun part into it. No, no, you shouldn't yeah. do that either. Which is a very yeah. difficult thing, I think, to, especially if you're just starting out in photography um, or in a business on your own where you get those opportunities on your doorstep. Um, it's a very hard thing to do is to not sort of compensate for the fact that this actually is your job. And just because it's fun doesn't mean that the... You should, you should get paid exactly. Later. Yeah, um, I always find that with like tax deductions. I'm like, oh, but I really love that lens. I'm like, well, it's still a tool for business. Like, you can love what you do. <laughs> right, you still got to pay for it, mind you, as well. That's, That's what it. everyone says. They go, oh, well, lucky you. You get to write it off because it's a business expense. And you're like, yeah, but I still got to have the money in the account to pay for it in the first place, <laughs> yeah, regardless of whether I'm writing it off or not. You know, um, yeah. Uh, well, I was about to say something else there in particular. Um, you drifted off during my story, did you? No, no, no. I was listening intently, but I, I just had a thought and it, uh, it's just escaped me. It was around the whole idea of what to charge because that's, I think, one of the trickiest parts when you're a photographer is... Especially um, starting out. Starting out in particular. God, I've made some stupid mistakes. I've starting my portrait studio and charging people, you know, for a nice maybe 30 by 40 centimetre print. You know, maybe it was bigger than that. Maybe it was like 60 by 40 centimetres and charging them $150 framed and, and asking them afterwards, is that okay? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. And just realising, you know, later that probably should have been 600 not not $150. Yeah. So I still, you know, I still make mistakes to these days where I undercharge. Um, there's, thankfully, with my workshops, I don't think, probably other than the first year where we used to just charge people for tuition, not for... Uh, accommodation and all the bells and whistles that we throw in now that was that was dirt cheap we used to charge next to nothing yeah. it was like a couple hundred bucks a day um which which is actually not not well we charge only four or five hundred a day now for for the workshop so after 15 years that's not a bad little increase but but still i knew that i was probably only charging myself a little starting out but then you know it was new for me and that's part of the gig as well i think is you've got to get a reputation before you go into it you know i see a lot of people i'm um, doing uh I'll say, like, I'm going to say more boring styles of photography. Uh, like when I say boring styles, I mean... Oh, careful. No, no. Just, no I'm talking <laughs> Give me an example, Matt. What do you oh, mean? Okay, like real estate <laughs> as an example. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, not, yeah. Not, not sort of, hey, I'm being creative, taking some artwork. It's like, no, no, this is no. going to go up on a rental site kind of thing. It's, it's a formula, isn't it? Yeah, or doing yeah. Um, selling prints and things like that. And I think yeah. that there is... You've got to be careful about going, I charge... You know, I'm going to charge heaps because that's what I need to cover my costs on on year one. Like businesses should probably, from what I understand at least, they probably shouldn't turn a, a great profit, if any, in the first year. Um, you know, as a bit of a rule, not shouldn't, but 
likely won't. Um, But I think you've got to be careful about balancing that idea of um, undercharging when you have a reputation that you can back it up with. Um, So if you can actually deliver, if you know that you can deliver an insane product and you know that people are not going to get scared off by that number, then yeah, you've got to charge that. But equally, you're right, you don't want to... um, undercharge just to get the job because sometimes you actually score that dream client who's going to be with you for a long time and, yeah, and you've, set, you've set them up with this expectation that you, you work for seven dollars 50 an hour yes um, yeah yep yep uh, that's all we we had a we had a, a situation like that only i was only thinking of this yesterday with bp who approached us to uh to take our stock photos oh, yeah. or the photos that are already taken to use as wallpaper inside some of the revamping of the um, service stations they were doing. And um, they approached me right at the start of this big nationwide project and said, we'd love you to be involved, we love your photography and, and how much will it cost? And I gave them a quote to which they came back and said, look, it's more than we were thinking. Um, you know, and I said, well, what, you, what was your budget? You know, she told me and I said, look, and it was less than half. And I said, yeah, look, right. we, we can't go with that for now. And, and she said, but this is going to be a regular gig for you. And I said, look, I understand, but things can change as well. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to undercharge at the start, knowing that it could be a regular gig when, in, of course, I could have cut my nose off to spot my face, might have got one or two gigs out of it, and then all of a sudden they might have dropped me like a hot potato for whatever reason. Oh, that's it. And therefore I've undersold myself because I've had this impression in mind that it's going to be a big I mean, you'd want them probably to sign a contract. I was going to say, that's the easy thing as well, isn't it? To go like, oh, but this is going to be an ongoing thing. And then realize after Mm. month one, they go, oh, no, it didn't really work out. And it's like, cool, we got what we wanted. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden you're like, but hold on a second, you know, I've lost out on this money. I I went back to them. I said, look, if it all works out for us, perhaps we could revisit these in the future. But in the meantime, this is the price. They didn't go ahead. And I know they went with, uh, I know who they went with and I'm sure they went found somebody within their budget, which is their prerogative as well. I love that you said like that. Like, I know who they went with, and I'm pretty sure they found someone in their budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to name names. But, um, you know, the thing is that um, I, I probably, like in life, you're going to regret the things that you don't do versus the ones you do do. But the opposite is true for the photography thing, where I don't regret the jobs that I haven't taken. It's probably more the jobs I have taken and I've undersold myself. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think that there is very much a case of, and, and I mean, it's also, we, I think we both need to keep in mind who we're talking to here as well. Like, yeah. I think that's easy to say. You've been in the industry a long time. I've been in um, forms of the industry for a while. Um, uh, in terms of full-time out on my own, you know, significantly less than what you have. But I do think that we're both sort of um, built businesses that work in this industry. And I, But I'd say that if you're new to it, if you're thinking, hey, I'm, you know, I know there's a lot of people at the moment thinking about starting like a side hustle with photography. Um, yep. I think a lot of this stuff's really important because, you know, you've got to balance out and sort of work out, well, what do I actually want to do with my business long-term? And that might be, I just wanted to pay for my lenses each year or my whatevers. That's totally legitimate. Or it might be that, no, I want to quit my job. And I think you need to keep that goal in mind from the start and make sure that you give yourself a chance to get on your feet. So structure your, and we're going to this totally different podcast now, but like structure your business in a way that um, it starts off as a really attractive special time offer type thing. And then ultimately though, it's going to fulfill that dream because the last thing you want to do and this is, you know, comes down to one of the dark sides of photography. And I see it with people all the time. You go out to be a family photographer and because uh, that's a pretty easy one to get started in, in the sense that mm. people know families and there's always a market there. Mm. And they go, oh, I'm gonna ch- I can't charge more than $100 a shoot. And you go, okay, well, that actually 
you know, on, on face value sounds like a really great deal. A hundred bucks to do a shoot for a family, you're only going to do it for half an hour. It might take you half an hour to edit it. But the reality is you can probably only shoot maximum three families a day unless you're in a studio because of the weather. Um, and so suddenly when you start multiplying this out over the course of a year, there's no way you could ever hit your actual income target because mm. it, the maths just simply don't add up. It's, yeah. And I think that by doing some really basic maths on day one, you can avoid some of that. And I think you've got to factor in, you know, all the other stuff, like how many workshops a year do you need to cancel because of really poor weather? Um, mm. How many shoots do you not get to do because of last minute cancellations or because you're mm. sick and all that sort of stuff? So it's, it's, God. I think that the, the business of photography, is right? though, like, I think that's the, that's the, that, that's it's complicated. It is. And it comes down to, I think that so the downside of photography that, that, um, that question was based around was that I think there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. Um, but then the upsides yeah. of that are, are massive as well. So you've kind of, you've got to take the good with the bad, but I think the yeah. ma- the upsides are probably more visible to people. They're probably a bit more obvious than, than the... Than yeah, the of course. And, and people, and often, let's not forget, Matt, human psychology is that people will fo- want to focus on the positives rather than the negatives. Even if they're made aware of the negatives, they'll probably downplay them. Yeah. And then, and then obviously focus on the upside because that's what they want. I, they want to chase that dream of being a professional photographer or doing something that they love, well, regardless of whether it's photography or anything else. Or running an entire country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God forbid, no, don't give me that, that, that uh, responsibility. But, um, you know, I think, uh, I think if you don't enjoy some form of business, you're going to struggle to be. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So you got, I love the business side of, of it just as much as I do the photography, probably more so the business side these days. But that's been, you know, it's taken me 20 years to get that to that mm. point. I loved photography for many, many years, much more than I did the business. I just happen to be quite good at the business side and a little bit of, of an entrepreneurial flair, I guess you'd call it. But um, if you don't enjoy that side of things, it's going to be a chore. It's going to be a chore for you. So you've got to you got to enjoy that little bit of accounting or marketing, etc. And that's why there's been many professional photographers that have done well for themselves, transitioning out of a accounting or a, a, a you know a corporate job, yeah. marketing, advertising, PR, etc. Because they just transfer those skills into their own business, and it works tremendously well for them. So that's it. And then, like, and and exactly, if you can get that part of it right as well, that those opportunities will come your way because the people who you're talking to are those clients. You know, at the end of the day, your clients, um, if you can speak the same language, you're going to, you're going to be a much better wicket. And I, I mean, there's a, there's a really, I think if you, can, if you can nail the business side of it, stay really enthusiastic about what you're actually doing and making sure that you're shooting stuff you want to be shooting on the whole. I think you're always going to have to shoot stuff you don't want to shoot. That's, that's not negotiable until you've really made it in a genre. But if you can keep that up, there's, there's so many perks to it as well. Like I, I can't remember the last time that I actually paid to go on a holiday you know that was maybe one or two trips in the last gosh eight years that we've actually had to self-fund because to one way or another there's been a connection in there that's either helped to fund it or um had fully funded it and it's it's like that that's a massive perk that you know that's the upside of of what we do is if, if you um if you get the first bits right you slog through the hard bits at the start um yeah all those things that people think photography is, they do exist. They just come with baggage at the start. <laughs> and if anyone's listening to the podcast and nodding their heads or thinking to themselves, all right, okay, yeah, they brought up some good points and they would like a hand with any of that, feel free to reach out to myself, Matt. I'm not sure if you're open to that as well. Yeah, but, always, always um, happy to talk to people. Yeah, I love talking about this side of it because 
I'm just passing on my own experience and, and I don't, I'm not backwards in coming forward. So at the end of the day, I tell it how it is. I was going to say that's and, the scary uh, part, though. I think if you're going to be, if you want to, if you want to have that chat, I think you need to be prepared to hear both sides too, because I don't think either. Yeah, you're not going to hear it all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not going to give you. No, no, no. There's no point because at the end of the day, you're you're going to probably feel misled. Absolutely. Um, and and resentful towards us, and that's not it's not where we want to put you. At the end of the day, we just want to put you. Um, we want to see you succeed. No doubt about that. We're not going to. We're not those sorts of people that don't want you to be in the industry because then you'll steal some of our clients. I'm not that way at all. Um, I think there's enough for everybody, but and and those who do it well deserve to to do well. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to see you succeed. So feel free to drop us a line. You can find us um, on the Facebook group under Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast, or obviously um, on our emails and websites and uh, other bits and bobs, social feeds, etc. So we'd love to hear from you if you want to chat about this further we better wrap it up there matt we've been going a while although i think we're we've got 10 minutes up well 10 minutes yeah yeah we're not yeah we have we have we're still yeah we're still we're still around that uh, time that we like to sort of wrap things up so hope everyone's enjoyed that uh, little chat today thanks very much matt for the insights once again and we will catch you next week on matt and tom's excellent (laughs) podcast (laughs) see you guys (laughs) 